The Providence College Friars. Will the party ever end tonight The Big East. And the rest of the college hoops world. You know that the party will not end. This is the Providence Crier Podcast with your host, a PC grad standing in at four feet tall. He is the Providence Crier himself, Mike Zerwitz. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Providence Crier Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Zerwitz, the Providence Crier. Follow me on Twitter, that's at Providence Crier. Read our blog, theprovincecrier.com. Join with me, as always, we have BOC in the house. Follow him on Twitter, at BOC all day. Today is Friday, March 1st. March is here, BOC. And uh, thank God for that, because February did not end the way we all wanted to in Friartown. Uh, a game that, you know, you and I, we, we did a pod before the game, and we kind of talked ourselves into the game not being a blowout. Um, but sure enough, Marquette rolls over Providence. 91-69 is your final. Um, Some of the themes that they've shown throughout the year on the road reared its ugly head. Um, And also Marquette was just kind of dialed in from the jump, and they played a really good game. Um, In the words of of the old coach, credit to them, right? but um, yeah, that was nasty. Can be honestly. Well, what were your thoughts? I think I'm not. I'm not too burnt up about this game because it was a road loss against a top five team that's playing incredible ball now. I think they've won eleven of their last twelve, if not twelve, their last thirteen, something like that. They're playing great, and yes, we started slow. Yes, we were a little bit sloppy in the beginning. That contributed to the blowout. It, it, it got ugly quickly. <laughs> Um, but Marquette was just playing at a completely different level. They were playing like a national champion type caliber team. Um, you look at our you look at our stats, 69 points. That's knowing our offense, that's not horrific. 41% from the floor, 46% from three. Um, those are all really good stats. But you look at Marquette having 91 total. Uh they scored 50 points at half, which was seven less than the entire first game, which was not a good sign. Um, they went 54% from three, 57% from the floor. We just weren't going to beat them. The similar thoughts that I had about the Xavier game at home where they went absolutely bananas and scored 85 points, there's similar similar sentiments here. I think Marquette's obviously a much better team, but they were red hot. It seemed like every time we even tried to make a mini run, There was a three, and it wasn't a three from Cam Jones. It was a three from bench player XYZ. Ben Gold had a great game. Trey Norman. Trey Norman. Trey Norman. I mean, the reason why the game got so out of hand is because Stevie Mitchell was bombing threes on us. When that's happening, you know, it's probably not our night. So their bench showed up. They played great the entire game. You got to tip your hat to them. As I like to say, they have scholarships too, uh, and they certainly earned their scholarships last night. Yeah, no doubt. Um, you know, I, I'm with you. I, I wasn't, you know, there's a lot of fans that, that were freaking out uh, post-game about the loss. 
to me, I thought it was a little bit of a house money situation. Yes, they're on the bubble, but like, you know, you still have two home games left. Uh, Villanova, and we'll get to them later. And UConn, and then, you know, you got a very winnable game at Georgetown coming up next Tuesday. But, um, you know, to me, it just kind of felt like a golden opportunity to, to slam dunk your ticket into the dance. Uh, and if they didn't do it, it wouldn't be the end of the world. Um, and I don't think it is the end of the world, but I will say, like, it was pretty frustrating. And yes, Marquette played pretty well, but the slow start by the Friars, I had some of the stats in the, in the, in the recap article, BLC. I don't know if you saw some of those, but they're mind boggling. So, so I really want to dive into these again here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So they start the game. They missed their first four shots. They missed their first three free throws. Um, and in between those possessions, they turned it over. And it instantly led to Marquette points. Um, really, this game, and, and I know it's, uh, we can talk about this later too, another key to me was the paint. And that I think that was probably the most frustrating part of the game, believe it or not, at least for me, uh, even though Marquette was bombing threes. Um, but this game was essentially decided, though, in the first 12 minutes of the game because Providence played so poorly. I mean, in the first 12 minutes of the game, BOC, this is what Providence did. I already told you how they started it, but in the first 12 minutes of the first half, shot three of 10 from the floor. All of those makes three-pointers. Um, one of four from the free-throw line. They had seven turnovers in that span. And I think they only been what they finished the game with, BFC. I don't think it was a ton. No, uh, let me pull. I think that it was like 11 or 12 or something. That's which, sick. I mean, is, is decently high, but not killer. No, no. <laughs> Providence finished with 15 turnovers. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. Well, and we'll get to the. I know you're going to get to this because it was part of your recap, which I thought was an interesting part. Who do you think were our two leaders in turnovers? Don't, don't cheat. Who do you think they were? I'm not cheating. I know for a fact, since I wrote the article last night, that Devin Carter is one of them because he had five. Yep. Um, and then I would guess Josh Adura. Spot on. Yeah. Yeah. He had. Four, he had. So. Yeah, he had a couple bad ones. He had one where he just threw it right, right to a guy. Like. Carter, <laughs> Carter, and Adoro combined for nine, nine of the fifteen. And what do you and I always say on this? We can always count on Carter and Odoro to score forty plus. They combined for thirty. Yes, 30. So um, it was an off night for the entire team. Uh, I, I completely agree with you. While you could say, hey, Marquette, it was their night. They were on. We They were on because we kind of handed it to them in the first 10 minutes, right? Yeah, um, they, they were on because they were locked in from the jump, and we were not. Um, and, 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 yeah, so they had those seven turnovers, BRC. Marquette scores 15 off those first seven in the first 12 minutes. Wait, and what did, what, would, what did we talk about in the preview article? It wasn't necessarily – we said point guards taking care of the basketball and regressing. I actually um, don't think the point guards were terrible. It was more the other players. Like, Car- it's been an issue with Carter all year. Just call- Carter's been otherworldly. Carter doesn't take care of the basketball. Just it is what it is. <laughs> this is like, you know, you can basically count on him for having two or three turnovers a game because he's doing so much. Um we probably downplayed, and I think fairly so, the, the importance of Stevie Mitchell returning. We talked about it, but... No, I, I thought we never 
he had more of an impact than I thought he would. Like he had, he had more like the of, shot yeah. making. Yeah, yeah, obviously. Yeah. Um, but no, I thought we freaking nailed that because you know not many p- people were talking about that going. Or at least Friar fans probably weren't thinking about Stevie Mitchell. Um, um, he, dude, he's a he's a stud. He is a stud. Yeah, I mean, if the problem with him is though, like if he's not going to be hitting shots, then he's there for scrappy defense, and that's about it. Which I mean, is what it is, but um, no, but so, so, I mean, the Friars after 12 minutes, BFC are trailing this game 33 to 10, and you, you're just not, the, the probability of you coming back from that one no. in that building, no, no. So that was just really disappointing to see. Um, you know, their offense, they figured out the offense in the post-Hopkins world at this point. I think they have. But not having a guy like him makes them more susceptible to having dry spells, to having dud offensive nights as a whole. In this game, they actually kind of figured some stuff out in the second half uh, and scored a ton of points in the second half. But, it did, but it, to my point, they had the role players who just were bot- – like we would go on a 5-0 run, 4-0 run, yep. and then they would just hit a straight – like they would hit a pair of th- threes, and you're like, ah, what the hell? Like at least give yeah. us a chance. They yeah, would have missed. Like Ross was hitting them. Um, it would have missed. Yeah. No, it's true. Um, but yeah, they're just more susceptible with, without Bryce Hopkins. And, you know, you just hope that they can be consistent enough down the stretch here to get an at large bid. Um, I thought the paint was a huge issue, BOC. I, I really did. Because, like, listen, they hit their threes. They hit 14, right? 14 and 26. I mean, that is just red hot. But, like, but we also made 12 for threes, PFC. We made yeah. 12 threes, and we shot 46% from three. Yeah. So like, is 46% our best of the year? I, I don't even know. I don't want to know at this point. Yeah. Um, but to me, it's, it's like we almost it, – it, and you're right. It is the timing of the threes, and some of their threes were very timely, like you said. Anytime we kind of sniffed a mini run, instantly evaporated. So I get all that. But the paint to me was a huge issue. They get outscored 32 to 20 in the paint. They don't score their first paint bucket until the 733 mark of the first half. Like, how is that possible? It was a Josh Duro bucket. Um, well, well, that dude, remember um, the DePaul game? We started slow. What did we do? The first 13 shots were three. So. There needs to be a re-emphasis on uh, Odoro paint touches early and often. Yeah, no, yeah, maybe. Um, and so, like, 32 to 20. And to me, it was so frustrating to just see Marquette. So, we were playing man defense. We did a decent job switching stuff, but on drives, there was just zero help at all. And you know, I kind of wish, man, I, I kind of wish I had uh, credentials for the Friars because, I mean, they like, there's no media people at the freaking games anymore. They just all do it on Zoom. I would have loved to ask Kim English the question because, like, I'm not necessarily questioning his strategy, but more I would want to know the thought process because, like, it is pick your poison, right? It sounds like you're questioning his strategy. No, but it was just so beyond frustrating to see zero help defense and guys getting uncontested layups at the rim. Yeah. Um, and and we're a team that 
We're one of the best rim protecting teams in the Big East, believe it or not. Yeah. Uh, and so, like, that was just infuri- infuriating. And, like, again, it's pick your poison. Why aren't they helping? Because they don't, they want to stick to shooters. Like, I get it. Yeah. But, like, it just led to, like. You, they're a top five team and potential number one seed for a reason. No, oh, oh, believe me, I know. But, I mean, they are. Listen. They may earn a one seed, and they're a very good team, and I have plenty of respect for them. But they're not. I don't think they're – do you think they're a true title contender? I don't. Absolutely. I don't. No. No way. Well, this is like you doubting them last year, and then they won the Big East and then won – They won what? The Big East, the Big East uh, Conference. Yeah, then what? Then they won the Big East Conference title. Like the tournament, yeah, but then what? Then they got bounced, but that, like, they got bounced around too. I know you As can't. As a two seed, you, okay, there are a lot of two seeds that have done that. Sure, but I, I just don't think they're they're built to be a legitimate title contender. I really don't. Um, I would take per- Purdue, who they played very well against. I will give them credit. Um, UConn, I would take over them, wouldn't you? Uh, yes, yeah. I think I would take Tennessee over them and Arizona. I don't think I would take Arizona. Ooh, I would. They got a lot of players. I I don't know. I just – we'll see, obviously. Um, but, no, the, the one thing is for sure, and that's they are a team that's playing and putting themselves in position to be a one seed, and they're playing like it. There's no question. I, I just think – Ultimately, when the tournament comes, I don't find them to be serious contenders uh, for a national championship. But that's neither here nor there. Um, yeah, but the pain was was frustrating. Devin Carter, I, I was thinking about adding this in the article, and I didn't. But I do have a theory behind his game. I, I don't. I don't subscribe to this theory because you brought it up. I I don't think it's accurate. I don't know, man. I heard there were a lot of scouts. And early on in that game, Kim English brought this up. I think he was more so talking about a Baron. I think Baron had an open look that he didn't take. And I think that's what he was talking about. But Carter had one, too, in the opening minutes that he didn't take. And he just seemed very, like, timid at first and didn't take many shots. I mean, like I said, he had 18 points in the game. Eight of – no, 10 of – no, I think eight of them came in the final six minutes when this game is over. Uh, he banged like back-to-back threes and got fouled, went to the line. Um, and listen, he, like it's hard to critique a guy that's been so damn good for you. Yeah. Uh, but you know, I just I don't know. So you don't think it was the scouts? No, I, I just think it was an off night. It was an off night, and that happens when teams key on you night in, night out. No, and they definitely keyed on him for sure. Um, and they made his night tough. I'm yeah. not going to deny that. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's fine. You disagree with my theory. Uh, yeah, I mean, other than that, um, I mean, you you tweeted out hat tip to Marquette, and a, f- a few people got on you for that one. Uh, but um, why are you shaking your head? I mean, like, if you watch the game, what do you, what do you like? Did did we watch the same game? Yeah, I think we did, but I think people were just frustrated that we couldn't even make it competitive. 
okay. Well, when you're when you're when you're knocking down every three, that it's hard to stay competitive. No, and I think your I think your point was I think your point was a good one where offense was tough to come by, and so what happens when offense is tough to come by, and then the other team is playing really well, your defense falls off too. It's just demoralizing mentally, I think. Yes, and I think that's what happened. I, I thought they came out pretty good defensively at the start of the game. They, they forced a couple of turnovers. They looked solid. Mm-hmm. And then it just unraveled when the offense couldn't score, the turnovers were leading to easy buckets. Like Yeah. Before before we get to Nova, I think we, you should and I you did a good job in the article. Ticket Gaines was the probably the lone bright spot in the game. Um he played fantastic. He was blocking shots, he was energetic, he was hustling the entire time. Um and and you know, selfishly, it's good to see him hit a few threes with the mask on. I know. Shout out Friar Doug. Uh, who was on the space I did. And and thank you, everyone who joined us. Uh, we had some technical difficulties to start. That was quite annoying. Um, but but we got a good, nice hour and a half space in. Um, shout out to Friar Doug, who literally said, the ticket, the big ticket game is coming. I can feel it. And sure enough, it came, but all for nothing. Um, it that's unfortunate. A, it came in a 30-point blowout. I know. Hey, ticket did a lot. Yeah, 15 points. Draining threes, took a nice charge there on Joplin, had a had a couple nice block shots, yeah, a couple big offensive rebounds. He was very good. So shout out, shout out the ticket. Hopefully, hopefully now you know maybe he can get on a hot stretch here down the stretch when we really need him. So when, when we need him, yeah, yeah. Um, all right, so that was that game. Oh, one final thing about the game is the post game metrics. Everyone was freaking out. Oh, we got blown out. This is going to be devastating to the metrics. Two spots in KP, two spots in net was the end result. So, just kind of, just kind of bullshit. Like we probably should have dropped more. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not complaining. Uh, like we all dropped three. Yeah, <laughs> We're essentially mean, having the same game. Yeah, yeah. great. <laughs> well, that kind of makes that kind of makes sense though. At least that's kind uh, of consistent yeah. because Marquette's better is higher rated than Creighton. Yeah. Whatever. Metrics, yeah. you'll, you'll so, never understand them. So honestly, at the end of the day, to me, uh, no harm in that loss whatsoever. Um, before we get to Nova game, though, we should talk a little bubble here. Yeah, let's um, do that. So you think about last night's results. Obviously, I just said Seton Hall got their doors blown off um, to Creighton. You know, you and I are definitely in the same belief that Seton Hall and Providence are probably safer than what your Lenardi's and Palms of the world might say. Um, because their their body of work is just, compared to this bubble, which, I mean, this bubble on Wednesday night, BOC, took a beating. Um, yeah. You know, let me kind of pull it up here. Um, Oregon did survive against Oregon State. I stayed up for that one. Because I'm a psycho, um, was hoping they lost, but Ole Miss once again got blown out. Shout out John Fanta. I don't know if you saw this. He called them a Subway sandwich. A lot of bread, not enough meat. Uh, is how he described Ole Miss. I thought that was pretty good. Um, so Ole Miss loses. Uh, Maryland lost. Virginia Walsh. escapes at Boston College. Yeah. Um, Texas A&M. I don't even know why they're even a thought on the bubble because they're 15 and 13 now. They lost to South Carolina. Um, 
Butler St. John's seemed to be a play at like loser go home game. Yeah. Uh, and St. John's came in and kicked Butler's ass. Now people are saying the Johnnies are legitimately back in the bubble conversation. What are your thoughts on this? Cause, cause I'll share mine after, but what are your thoughts? I think they're probably, or they, they're, they're, they're hot at the quote unquote hot at the right time, which helps. Um, and the biggest thing they have going for them is Patino. And I don't, and I mean, they, people want to see Patino in the tournament. So they're going to get the benefit of the doubt there. Um, so do I think they're even a bubble team right now? I probably think they need to, looking at their schedule. Um, well, the thing is, their schedule is really easy. So right. they're going to be 19 and 12. They probably need to win two games in the Big East tournament to, to make it. So do I think they're an NCAA tournament team now? No. Do I think they have the chance to be if they win their next four games? Yes. Yeah. Um, so for me with them, I mean, yeah, everyone's assuming that they're going to be uh, – they go at DePaul, home to Georgetown, that they're going to win those two games. I mean, yeah, they probably will. Um, but that put them at 19-12. Um, to me, they got to at least make the Big East Tournament final to even be in the conversation, in my opinion. Because think about this, BOC. If – Say Providence doesn't make the field, right? Their only win, they only have one win over a team that would be in the tournament. And that's great. We'll be in the we'll resume be, sucks. We'll we'll be in we'll be in the tournament. I think so too. But like their resume's not very good, BOC. Um they have a loss to Boston people, College. People will overlook that because they have Patino. I'm telling you. I, I don't think so. I really don't. Okay. They they say that won't happen. I mean, you might. They're human. It might play a slight it, role. It'll absolutely. I don't know. Play. But BLC, they, they have a bad loss to Boston College. They have a bad loss to Michigan. A terrible Michigan team. Um, you know, it, their body of work just isn't good. And I don't think while the end of their schedule helps them in the sense that they can get wins. It doesn't help their resume, in my opinion, at all. It can only hurt. So, like, to me, if they were to say they get the six seed, and obviously a lot of this is going to be determined on Saturday against when we play Villanova, and and we'll get to that momentarily. But um, but, uh, in my opinion, say they're the six seed BOC and they play on Wednesday, to me they have to get to Saturday in order to even have a remote shot to get it, in my opinion. Yeah. We'll see. Good. Um, they, have, they have everything in front of them, so. Yeah, no, they do. Um, all right, so some other bubble results. Anything from anything else from Wednesday night stood out now? Northwestern hung on. Um, not bubble related, but but Kyle Filipowski had nine and ten after surviving um, a traumatic, horrendous experience uh, at Wake Forest. BLC. thank God! Wow, comeback player of the year, Kyle Filipowski. Um, did you, but did then, you, wait, did you see? I don't know. I think this is real. I didn't investigate it because I've been busy. But um, 
when Wake Forest lost to uh, when Wake Forest lost to Notre Dame. Uh, I guess it was posted on Instagram or something. Kyle Filipowski commented and just put "ouch." <laughs> okay, that's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um. Yeah. It, also, yeah, that's a huge result that happened after we recorded uh, Wake Forest our, our last episode. Wake Forest losing to Notre Dame, devastating loss for them. Uh, Lenardi still has him as last four buys, though. Classic. Yeah. That's um, but no, as we record tonight on a Thursday for a Friday release, Ohio State just wrapped up beating Nebraska by nine. That's a big loss. Nebraska does have 20 wins, which is is good, but I think their body of work isn't that great, and their metrics aren't super solid in, in the sense that they'll be an automatic. So that's a big loss for them. Um and then looking at the rest of the schedule, I mean, there's a big one in Spokane. Uh, no, it's in San Francisco, I believe. Gonzaga will play San Francisco tonight uh, on the night of our recording here. Um, so that's a big one. Utah's got Stanford. Um, so, you know, I, I said before that uh, I've had enough experience being on the bubble that at this point I don't care about other results. I just care about us. Now oh, I just found care. myself. Yeah, yeah, now I just found my. I find myself quad boxing on YouTube TV right now, watching all the bubble games <laughs> and keeping tabs. Um, but the, I guess that's that's life on the bubble for you. Um, all right, massive game then uh, on Saturday that this sets up. Villanova now at fifteen and twelve. Right? Is that their record? I believe fifteen and maybe sixteen and twelve. I gotta look. Sixteen and twelve now after a win against Georgetown. Um, people still seem to love them. They do have good metrics, but to me, I, their resume is full of warts. It's not super impressive. Um, and to me, this game is another opportunity, the third opportunity in a row for the Friars to just end Villanova's at-large chances. Um, I thought earlier in this year, when we played them a couple weeks ago, when you had boots in Philadelphia, I thought that was an opportunity for us to do it. We don't do it. Um, they've been playing pretty good basketball. Uh, over, I, I think they lost the game after us, but have won everything else after that. Um, so all of a sudden, they're back in the conversation here. And Friars with a big chance to, one, get revenge. Uh, and get another split here, and um, two, end their chances. And then three, it's massive for seeding, too, because Providence and Villanova right now tied for the fifth seed uh, in the Big East. And obviously, the five does not have to play on Wednesday. I don't want to be a peasant, BOC. This is a massive game. We got to win this one. I, to your point, I think if we beat, if we beat Villanova – uh, we end their chances at and at large, which we would love it because Villanova has done a lot of that to us over the years. Um, so that first and foremost, but also it eliminates a bubble team, which makes us more solidly in the tournament. Um, it would get us what a Q two Q two win, yep, Q two win, which helps with the uh, the good old analytics. Um, 
And then we would only have to go one and one the rest of the way to secure an NCAA tournament bid with Georgetown and Connecticut being the remaining two games. It's really important because um, I think if we lose Villanova, we win Georgetown, we lose Connecticut, we're very squarely on the bubble. Um, and you got to do work. Yep. And you have, to, you have to win probably one in the Big East tournament. I want to go into the Big East tournament with you just ready to have a good time not worrying about necessarily the outcome. I mean, obviously okay. we want, we want our teams to win, but we want to have fun. Um, and I don't want this. Sh- I don't want the stress of if we lose in MSG, there's a chance we might not make the tournament that that is not a fun place to live. We've done that for too many years. So let's just yeah. go out. Let's just go out Saturday at home. Um, maybe the ass kicking against Marquette will help us and get a win against Villanova. And if we can get a decisive win, uh, you know, double digits, then, we, for the most part, unless we fall apart against Georgetown, have locked in our bid at the uh, for the NCAA tournament. Yeah, I think so. I, I think so because you know, talking to some fans on the space, they were like, "I don't know, Cryer. I think we need to win a game in the biggest tournament." No, if, if we have twenty wins, um, if we with, have twenty with our, wins, with our resume, twenty wins with our resume, twenty wins with our resume in our conference, that's second highest rated conference in in the country. Um, they're going to get it. I don't think they need to win a game in the beast. And especially nowadays where I feel like, especially in football, obviously, but um, in basketball too, these conference tournaments, these conference championships aren't as impactful as we may think. Yeah. It's really more so helped. It helps the teams that are on the bubble get extra wins, but it doesn't. It's not going to play a huge role in seeding, I don't think, for the NCAA tournament. It, it's it's not going to. It just is what it is. Um, yeah. Obviously, you could have some bid stealers. Me personally, I, I look around the country. I feel like there's going to be less bid stealers this year. Um, if you, you look at last year, that was pretty much the case as well, right? Because the mid-majors are struggling um, for the most part. And it, and it has to do with scheduling, which is too bad, really. But is what it is. I'm not complaining because that means better chance for us to get in, right? Yeah. Um, but, like, you look at the A-10, I, I, I think there could be a bid stealer there if Dayton were to lose. But then you look at some other conferences, like the Missouri Valley. I, I think if Indiana State, who was ranked a couple weeks ago – if they don't win it, I don't think they're going to get in because they suffered two horrific losses in conference. Um, you know, and, and that's just kind of the way it is. Um, a lot of the leagues are just not as strong as they once were, like the the MAC, uh, the Metro Atlantic as well. Um, so, you know, I, I don't think there'll be as many bid stealers. Someone brought up in the pod, I thought it was a really good point, or not in the pod, on the space, that the Pac-12 could have a bid stealer. They're looking like a two-bid league right now with Arizona and Washington State. Yeah. Um, but they do have a lot of teams that are like, you never know. They could get hot. Arizona's been susceptible to some weird losses this year, so um, that will be something to monitor, but I feel good about their chances if they can go two and one in these last three. 
Yeah. Um, so what what they need to do against Villanova is they need to make shots because I think they're going to replicate what we they did in Philly. They're going to make the entry pass really hard on Oduro. And if they do get the ball through Oduro, they're going to double him and they're the role players. They're everybody else to make the three. And what we saw last night at 46% from deep, they can make them. Um, I think the Villanova game was a complete anomaly. I've said it before on this podcast a handful of times. The looks that I saw in person when I was there, they were incredible wide-open looks. They just didn't hit a single one of them. So if they deploy that same strategy, I I do like our chances. I think Pierre is playing good ball, tickets bouncing back. Um, Floyd Jr.'s found his stroke. Uh, and Carter's Carter. So I like, and Barron's playing better, you know, especially from deep. Um, so if they deploy that, I like our chances. They just need to play with an urgency. They can't start slow. Um, Let's see. Okay, good. Uh, good. Because I, you know, I don't know which one of us is going to write the uh, preview or, or if we're just going to tag team it, but that has to be the, to me, the first bullet point start out fast. And I think they might. Um, and make it, your free throws. Yeah, that's a good point too, right? Yeah. Uh, um, I think they will start out fast. To me, the only concern is, does like them trying to start out fast, does that hurt them, you know? Yeah. Because I, I, I do think at noon the amp will be rocking. They'll come out with their hairs on fire. But will it lead them to be sloppy? I, I think that's a big question in this game. You don't, you don't think, it, you think it'll be a good crowd? I'm a little bit nervous about the noon tip. No, I, I'm not nervous at all. Good. Not nervous at all. I, I think uh, it's going to be a, a really good crowd. So, um, are you nervous about – someone brought this up in the space. Uh, y- you were on business, so you could not attend. Very understandable. Um, what do you think about this take? The guy didn't like the fact that – I forget who it was, so I'm sorry if you're listening – didn't like the fact that Villanova got to play Georgetown on Tuesday. They blew them out. We have to play on Wednesday and then turn around for a noon tip Saturday. Don't don't care at all about it. Yeah. Marquette beat us so bad it was just like uh it was more like a scrimmage. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You didn't have to work you didn't have to work too hard. Uh so and again, they just got their doors blown off. So if there's a if they are showing a lack of energy, that is a motivation problem. They that should be the least of our concerns, especially with English's postgame comments about being dis- disappointed with the effort, right? Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. But like, I don't know if it's gonna be like an effort thing, but more of like a legs thing. Get yeah, yeah, yeah. They were they were getting beat by forty the entire game, so I don't necessarily know if they put in a ton of effort there. Yeah. yeah. Um. You, they're young. They can play through that. They're, that's not an excuse. Yeah, I, I, I tend to agree with you there, but it was, I thought it was an interesting point. Um, yeah. We'll obviously have a preview article out. Um, it'll be, I, I Personally, I think this game will be harder to win than we think. I agree. I think I think Villanova has a level of urgency right now, too. Um it's going to be a dog fight. I think Justin Moore is starting to play a little bit better too. Um, they need to come ready because Villanova will take this one from us and you don't want to go into the next week 
you know, with a two-game losing streak and going against Georgetown, because you never know what the heck's going to happen there. Um, and then the home game against Connecticut. The home game against Connecticut should be a, hey, you know, there's there's nothing to lose here. We already have our bid clinched with Villanova, Georgetown. Let's just let's just steal this one and uh, ruin the regular season for Connecticut. I think that's the way you should look at it. Yeah, I mean, I, so the interesting thing about the UConn game is Connecticut will probably have already clinched the Big East by then. I think. Um, obviously, they're still playing, though, for seeding. Yet, at the same point, I don't know if losing at Providence would be that detrimental to them. Squad no. one game. Um, and you wonder wh- how what Hurley's mindset would be into that one. I mean, it, obviously, they're probably not going to rest players, per se. But is he going to go all out to try and get it, you know? That would be interesting to see. But obviously, I have, they, I have a feeling I have a feeling he will go all out. <laughs> yeah, uh, he is psycho. Um so uh <laughs> um, All right, so, like so what are your thoughts for like a prediction then? Um do I want to see a double digit victory? Yes. Do I think that's going to happen? No. I will go 70, 72 to 70 Providence. I'll go 76-73. Okay. I would love to see Barron knock down some threes. I would love to see Floyd Jr. stay aggressive. Pierre come around. There's, um again, Mark Head, we ran into a buzzsaw because I thought we were playing really good ball and maybe make sure we evaluate some things. But, um, English had to love seeing them shoot 46% from three, even though a lot of it was in, or <laughs> most of the game was garbage time. Um, but you have to love seeing 46% from three. So hopefully they can carry that over because the reason why we lost against Villanova was abysmal three point shooting. Um, so if we can even be average there, when I say average, I mean average for Providence. I think I, I like our chances. Yeah. Um, yeah. All right. Do you have anything else? No, no, man. I'm excited for Saturday. It's going to be probably a stressful watch, to be honest, though. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I'm I'm too. I'm excited to get back to the amp. Feels like it's been a while. It has. Um, yeah. But, uh, no, I, I do got a shout out before we get out of here. It, right. it maybe might turn into a little rant, but uh, shout out these four Marquette guys that were in a space last night. Apparently one of them follows me, and that's why I saw the space. Um, so I hopped on, it was a four person Marquette space. Um, and, and those were good guys. They're good people. I, I, I gave them their flowers for the way they played. Uh, they seemed to enjoy me. I made some enemies, not out of them, but out of other Marquette people on Twitter last night, uh, or on Thursday or geez, Wednesday night. Um, I, I got in a fight with, with an old lady. I don't know if you saw that. No, I did not see that. Yeah. Um, yeah, uh, Lumpy Lumpy had a tweet about Kolek. He's like, Kolek's definitely going to say something tonight and or tweet something. And I made the joke. Now, listen, if Kolek's seriously injured, I, I will regret making said joke. But I did ask, do you think he knows how to spell the word oblique? Because uh, he did leave the game. 
with an oblique injury. But, I mean, he was on the sidelines laughing and smiling with teammates. I think he's going to be fine, but obviously we'll uh, wait to see there. And um, let me try and find her name because this other tweet that I had last night went uh, went a little crazy. Um, uh, Professor Ann or something like that. This is old lady. And so she was upset with me. She sent the dumb, dumber gift and she was like, you have no class. And like when Hopkins got hurt, I was like praying for you and all this stuff. And I was like, I'm just making a joke. Uh, she sent the dumb and dumber gift though. That was like, wow, you are one pathetic loser. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, ma'am, I'm not sure if you're familiar with the film, but that gift would suggest that you too are one pathetic loser. Uh, <laughs> So we were going back and forth, sparring a little bit. And so anyways, I'm in this space, and I'm like, guys, uh, is Professor Anna Burner or is she a real person? And they started dying laughing, and they're like, dude, she's real. She, like, is an old lady that just doesn't know how to use Twitter. And <laughs> she, like, is very defensive of Marquette. D- don't mind her. Uh- dude, Marquette, Marquette fans, I- I've said this from the jump, like, many years, like, they are the most peculiar fan base. Um, I think, besides Connecticut fans, I think I hate them the most. I know. But I, I, I actually really enjoyed those guys, so I want to shout out those guys. But, yeah, yeah. you know, you are correct. Uh, but it, aren't, I, aren't I right, though? There's, like, a weird vibe to them. It's they're like, like termites. Yeah, and, and also they they have this smug nature to them where they're like, oh, I know so much about basketball. Yes. And this is wrong. Yes, but the- – but they're termites, BOC. They just come out of the woodwork. Like, I don't think they exist throughout the entire season. Like, I don't... We're, we're participating in Biggie's Twitter all season long. We don't hear from them ever. Uh, and then I they don't... just come out of the woodwork after the ass-kicking. Um, like, have, you ever, have you ever seen a real Marquette person in real life? Yes, actually. No. <laughs> they don't I have a funny that. story. Oh, I have a funny story, BOC. I forget what year it was. It was it was the year w- when they had the Housers and they were really good, right? Yeah. Um, and we played them, and somehow the handicap upgrade for me that game ended up being courtside. It, it was like a few rows back, but it was four seats, um, which I had never done before. Okay. Um, but anyways, it was a hard-fought game by us. We ended up losing. We ended up missing the tournament. And – you know, I, I've grown and matured over the years, BOC, but this was not one of those times. And I saw this Marquette fan, because, like, when you're on the floor, you walk out in the tunnel of the amp. And I saw a Marquette fan, and I started running my mouth, and he starts running his mouth. And I go, just wait till you guys get bounced in the first round of the tournament. What ends up happening, BOC? They, they just don't bounced. get they just don't get bounced, BRC. They play in Hartford. I have tickets to the Hartford game. I watched John Moran dunk all over their heads and kick their ass. So it was a very, very happy moment for me to witness that. But no, yeah, Professor Ann, uh, very upset with me. Um, she is real. Um, but no, shout out those four Marquette guys. That they were good dudes. Uh we had a good about, you know, five minute chat there on their space and then I bounced. Um and then obviously 
the tweet I sent, the footage I sent of uh, of Mr. Shaka Smart. Um, kind of odd, BOC, because in the text group, you almost took the stance of the Marquette fans and saying that I was crying over I do, nothing. I do, ta- I do, I don't almost, I do take the stance. That's crazy, BOC, because, you know, the tweet did numbers and there was a lot of comments, a lot of interaction. Uh, it was basically Marquette fans calling me a whiny, like, little bitch and a crying you, Which you were, which you were being, yeah. No, not really. The guy needs to be off the court, BOC. I, I agree. It's I unacceptable. Agree. I agree with that, but calling it out when we're getting our doors blown no, off. See, no, see, see, there's no code for that. For some reason, you would think that there's a style of code where you can't do that. I can admit that we got our asses kicked and separate the two things. The Shaka Spart thing needs to stop. I stand, I, I stand with Professor Ann. Unbelievable, BOC. Like, you saw the clip. He's standing at the three-point line. Yeah. You know, he wanted to, he wanted to run the score up to 50. And, and Corey Floyd pulls up. You, you can tell. He sees him, and he starts pulling up and starts jogging in the corner. Says sprinting. But, but that was some, yeah, I had some fun with that. Uh, the first comment on that tweet, by the way, was like, it was from a Friar fan. Uh, C. Prim or something like that. Shout out to him. Um he really made me laugh for some reason. It, I, he just, <laughs> he said, um, you know, refs don't tee up Smurfs. It's bad luck. <laughs> <laughs> and a picturing shock as a Smurf is like, just kind of a funny visual. <laughs> it's bad luck. That's good stuff. Uh, all right. Do you all have right. any plans for the game or are you just watching at home? Just watching at home. All right. All right. Yeah. So let's get a win. Let's get back on track because I can't wait for the tournament. Me neither, man. Exciting times. All right. Until next time, Fire Town. See you later. See you guys. Let's go. Man up in my city, I'm the truth, yeah. David Duke when I'm way up on the hoop, Crossover, I might go to LEU. Heard they sleeping on me, well, let's take them back to school. PC, you know we on go, ayy. Like AJ Reeves when I'm off that pick and roll, ayy. Fall down, bounce back like Emmy Hope, ayy. I'm the alpha dog, Diallo. They were sleeping on me, that's what made me a savage. And he see me bumping, so we gon' let him have it, yeah. They don't want no static, we at the top just like the attic. This year we taking over March Madness. Man up in my city, I'm the truth, yeah. David Duke when I'm way above the hoop, ayy. Crossover. Man up in my city on this